0: We will start reading from Psalm 37 in a moment And um, today's message is God's will for the new year God's will for the new year And uh, with the new year approaching We should be considering as children of God How we want to go into the new year We don't go into the new year taking with us all of the old baggage Bad habits, weak faith we don't want to be dragging all that into us into the new year uh, we Christians don't do resolutions as you've heard me say before um, I don't know how many times in years past especially back many 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 years ago when I smoked cigarettes and every year I'd make a resolution to stop smoking and boy come you know 1202 New Year's Day I was picking up a cigarette again so resolutions certainly don't don't do it for you so we need to, to turn to the Lord and as time went by and then when I did realize that and gave up gave that bad smoking habit to the Lord he Delivered it from me, delivered me from it without any withdrawal, tobacco withdrawal, or anything like that. So I learned over the years that we rely on God, we don't do resolutions because New Year's resolutions are something that we are trying to do in ourselves, and we human beings are very, very feeble and fickle when it comes down to sticking to our guns in many cases. So we look to the Lord for that. Um, The main thing that I want to stress here in looking at how we go into the new year um, is that we need to start doing the will of God, we need to certainly start doing God's will um, and the best, the best way to do that is by understanding what he says to us in his word, but starting with uh, Psalm 37 and talking about committing our way and giving quote unquote resolutions, giving those kinds of things to God the word of God says in Psalm 37 starting with verse number 3 trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed Trust in the Lord, and verily you shall be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit. Thy way unto the Lord Trust also in him and he Shall bring it to pass And he shall bring forth thy righteousness As the light and thy justice As the noonday Rest in the Lord and wait patiently For him Fret not thyself because of him Who prospers in his way Because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass Amen So we see here the main words are trust in the Lord Delight thyself in the Lord Commit thy way in the Lord Committing thy way means to roll it over meaning to give it to him whatever's going on in your life that you're having a hard time dealing with whatever you're struggling with for the new year let's make a vow to god that we're going to commit that to him and just roll it over in him and we're not going to handle stress or or carry any stress for it amen amen it is important that we uh, also make a commitment in this new year to doing god's will Okay, now in order for us to do God's will in the new year, we need to understand what God's will is. So let's go to Matthew, the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. 26. Verse number, verse number 36 number 36 Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane And saith unto the disciples Sit here while I go and pray yonder And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee And began to be sorrowful and very depressed Then saith he unto them My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, not as I will, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and he saith unto Peter, Wait, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we see then, um, and then we jump down to verse number 42. (coughs) Excuse me. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, Thy will be done. And please on the line where it says, Thy will, Thy will. So we see, <coughs> oh, excuse me, we see here that Jesus, knowing knowing what he was about to go through, and it wasn't, it wasn't so much the fear of the pain of the cross and the beating that he was going to have to take, but... The fact, the the concept or the thought of him being separated, his being separated from God the Father, uh, whom he was with for eternity, you know, was really, really painful to him. But however, Jesus said, not according to my will, but according to your will. So going into this new year, we need to also think to ourselves, are we going to do God's will in our lives, or are we going to be just saying simply, God as you will? So many times there are things that we want in this life, so many things that we're praying for, and you have to get to the point that you understand that God certainly has your back, and God is certainly going to answer your prayers. But you need to say, however, God according to your will. Because God's will for us is a whole lot better than our wills for ourselves. God knows what is indeed best for us. God knows what's laid out there in the future. God knows what our future life is going to look like. So if we can certainly just get to a point, this is my prayer. However, Lord God, not according to my will, but according to your will be done. You know, and, and it's, it's kind of important. We've, we've been, now I don't say kind of, it's very important. We've been through three hundred six, or will have been through 365 days of a year. Last year brought for us all many blessings. Last year brought for us many challenges. Last year brought for us up times. Last year brought for us down times. But God was always there, always there, regardless of what we may have felt at that particular time. So whatever we've learned from the past year, whatever we... Learned in terms of how God worked with us, how God was there with us, even when we didn't realize he was God. We need to there with us. We need to make sure that moving into the next year, we, we, we carry that thought with us. That God is indeed always with us. And Heavenly Father, according to your will be done. Now, in Matthew 7, you go back to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, and starting with verse number 21, Matthew 7, verse 21, Not one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Please let line, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. So we see there the operative words, the words are there in verse number 21. Uh, uh, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, doing the will of my Father. Did you ever stop to think that when you're entering into a, 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 state, a state of doubt or a state of fear, that you're not doing the will of God? All right, and relative to fear God said that I have not given you a spirit of fear but of power, love and a sound mind you start entering into fear and to lack of faith and you're not doing the will of the Father you see but so many times we don't think about that because we simply say well I, yeah I hear it and I, I think I believe it or whatever and yeah maybe that's the case but when you start talking like that you're not doing God's will because it is not God's will for us to be in fear it is not God's will for us to be walking and operating in a sense in a, in a spirit of doubt. So Jesus is saying here that who doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. If you believe and call Jesus Lord, Lord, you are still lost if you do not do what God says. If we ever hope to go to heaven, we must do the will of the Father. Not my words, but according to the to the word of God there, <laughs> you know. So we can say Lord, Lord and all of that sort of thing, but Jesus said said that I will say depart from me because I don't know you because of the fact that you, you aren't doing the will of my Father. We learn from the above scripture that we don't go to heaven by doing the will of men or by doing what we think is right the only way that we can go to heaven is by doing the will of the father and that will is found right in our bibles okay so what what does that mean so many times you might be praying for something waiting for something asking for something and it's always at those times that people come to you with so much advice You know, you have family and friends And everyone will tell you This is what you ought to do You know, you know Well, if I were you, I'd do so and So if I were you, I'd do that You know, some may even try to flex their muscles And even say, well, I'm your dad Or I'm your mom I'm your this or I'm your that You know, and I think that you should do this Well, if you wind up doing man's will Then you're certainly not operating in God's will Because man's will is not necessarily always God's will You know, especially when they're telling you To do something contrary to what the word of God says You know, if someone is trying to tell you to do something that is going to take you away let's say from having faith in God for something, then that certainly is not doing God's will because God's will is not for you to be losing faith, you see so we cannot, we need to make sure because people are so willing to give us advice God bless them, <laughs> they're so willing to give us advice, but we don't want to be going by what man is telling us to do but by, we need to make sure we're going by what the will of God is what God the Father is telling us, do we really know what the will of the Father is now this is too important a matter to assume Assume that we do know Or to take someone else's word for it Do we really know what the Bible says about doing God's will So again now let's go to to, uh, Matthew 7 And go backwards to verse number 13 Okay Matthew 7 verse number 13 Enter in at the narrow gate For wide is the gate and broad is the way That leads to destruction And many there be who go in that way because narrow is the gate and hard is the way which leads into light, life, and few there be that find it. All right. So again now, talking about the will of the Father, here we're seeing that, that, that God is telling us to go into the narrow gate. The wide gate is anything that doesn't take much effort. The wide gate are those, those courses in life that we decide to take that doesn't take much, um, much, much discipline on our parts. You know, it's so easy to simply just say, well, I give up. You know, or I'm going to go and do what so-and-so is suggesting or go and, and go in this direction. The narrow gate is sticking to our guns when, when everything in our five senses is telling us that this can't be the case or this can't happen or this won't be so. The narrow gate is saying that this is the will of God the Father, that I trust Him and believe. Even, and have faith in him. The narrow gate is for me to, to not look to the right or look to the left, but to always stay focused on God. That's the narrow gate. The wide gate is simply saying, oh well, it's not going to work anyway. Or, oh well, I'll go and do what Harry says. Or, I'll go and do what Susie says. That's the wide gate, because that's the way the world does it. That is the way that non-believers and I feel so sorry for non-believers or unbelievers who don't have God. Because when things, when adverse things come up in their lives, they're totally lost. You know, the wide gate is to fall into a state of depression the wide gate is to fall into a state of constant worry the wide gate is to say well gee whiz well you know what's the sense in getting out of bed Today's going to be just like it was yesterday that's the wide gate the narrow gate is simply saying that I will trust God I will keep my eyes focused on Jesus the same way that lamp back there that I'm looking at is, is say that's Jesus I'm going to stay looking at Jesus that's the narrow way that's right there in front of me and all of this stuff coming out into my peripheral vision over here I'm not even going to look at I'm going to stay focused on that if you can get yourself in that mindset get your spirit in that mindset when all of these other negative things and these other voices you know, you know, you know it, 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 those of us who've had children in the house or have children in the house if you've got to study or if you've got to focus on something and there's a lot of chitter-chatter from the kids, you know, how do you focus in on what you're trying to read? How do you just block out all of that chitter-chatter for the time being from the children or whatever's going on and focus in on what you're trying to read and concentrate on? Well, so it is with the things of our spiritual walk. We need to focus in on Jesus, keep our eyes on God, know what the will of God the Father is, and all of this peripheral stuff that you see out of the corners of your eye, you need to get to the point that you can just block that out. And we can say to yourself, I don't care what's this this cacophony of noise and sounds going on around me. I don't care what this doubt and what these people are trying to tell me. I don't care what the doctors are saying. I don't care what the legal people are saying. I don't care what they're saying. I'm looking at this lamp, the lamp of Jesus here right in front of me. And Jesus, God is telling me that this is my will. His will for us is to be prosperous. His will for us is to be victorious. His will for us is not to worry and not to be stressed out. That is God's will. Going through the narrow gate is keeping your eyes and your spirit focused on that when everything else around you is telling you otherwise okay that is so easy to do that's the wide gate and we don't want to go through the wide gate John John chapter 6 talking about God's will and knowing God's will John chapter 6 verse number 22 John chapter 6 verse number 22 Praise the living God. The gospel of John. The day following when the people who stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one uh, into which his disciples were, were entered. And that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. If nevertheless there came other boats from Tiberias near unto the place where they did eat bread, after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took boats and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou here? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, now remember I said when you see verily, verily, hold on because here comes a dynamite truth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Okay, So in other words, what he's saying to them is that, I know why you're looking for me. You're not looking for me because of the blessings or the miracles. See, this is, this is following, so you know what's happening in context, this is following the feeding of the 5,000. Okay. Remember the feeding of the 5,000 He lifted up the little boy's lunch that he had John talks about the little boy had a lunch there And the fishes and the loaves And it fed 5,000 people So now after they left that place They went over to this other place And the people followed Jesus Because they wanted to be around him again And what Jesus is saying i say to you You don't seek me because of the miracles that you saw But because you did eat of the loaves and were filled so In other words he's saying You're simply following me for the food <laughs> Okay? You're not following me because of the miracles And you want to see more and be blessed Blessed by God, I fed you, so now you're following me, you know, and I hate to say it, not to, to get off the subject matter, but it kind of reminds me of what's happening today in this country where you start promising people and the entitlements and whatnot, and they, 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 they follow after the nanny state or the nanny government, whoever's going to feed them, so to speak, quote unquote, instead of looking for, for quality and what is it that's being offered here. So this wasn't Jesus, Jesus saying, this is not me that you're looking for the miracles, but simply because I fed you. Then he says in verse number 27, labor not. Labor not for the food which perishes, but for that food which endures into everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God, uh, God the Father sealed. Alright, so what he's saying there, labor not for the food. In other words, he's saying there is that they are laboring after the wrong things. They followed after Jesus simply because he gave them a meal So he's saying don't go laboring after food After those things which perish In other words, you know you, you, You can follow somebody and go following after them Simply because they have something that you want and that's like here today and gone tomorrow. You know, food is food once you eat the food it's done with, all right? Jesus saying, You didn't follow me because of the miracles, you didn't follow me because I'm Jesus and I'm trying to give you give you the will of the Father and let you know what's going on. You follow me simply because I fed you. So he's saying that you don't go following after that food because it perishes, but that food which endures into everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you for, for uh for him has God the Father sealed. We, in, in 2016, need to make sure we're not following after the wrong things, or even following God, that matter, for the wrong reasons. Amen, amen, amen. We need to be looking for those things dealing with God that are enduring. And those things that are enduring uh, in the Word of God is understanding His will, knowing what Holy Spirit would have us, being, or have us to do, knowing how to follow the Holy Spirit, because these are the things in life that are truly, truly important. He goes on to say in verse number 28, Then said they unto Him, Um, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Now, please underline that. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. This is God's will. This is God's will. Amen. That we believe on Jesus Christ. The minute you start not believing in Jesus Christ, and I don't care what is going on in your life, How many people, if you ask them, will say, I believe in God. I believe the Father. I believe the words of Jesus. I believe what Holy Spirit is telling me. But how many people deep down in their heart really, really believe? This is what Jesus is really saying here. This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom we have sent. You know, And only you can answer that. Only you can answer that, how much you really believe on Jesus. All right. This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom we have sent. They said, therefore unto Him, what sign showeth thou then that we may see? And believe thee, what doest, What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, uh, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, here comes the truth, now verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Alright? Remember I said last week, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Because it was the Christmas message. And we talked about Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, it translated, means the house of bread. Okay? Alright? You see, So you see what he's talking about here. 30, verse 32 again. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he speaking of himself he who comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world then said they unto him lord evermore give us this bread and jesus said unto them i am the bread of life remember bethlehem house of bread i am the bread of life he that comes to me shall never hunger and he that believes on me shall never thirst but i said unto you that you have you also have seen me and believe not all that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise, or in no way, cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. Please in the line, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, on the line will, this is the Father's will who has sent me, that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me me underline this is the will of him that sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day alright so we see there a lot being talked about the will the will of the father alright and also says in verse number 40 and this is the will of him that sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes on him please align believes on him again with that narrow focus the narrow gate is believing on him going into 2016 brothers and sisters we cannot afford forward to not believe and have faith in God you think 2015 was a challenge, I submit to you today that 2016 is going to be more of a challenge if Jesus continues to, to, to tarry, alright, so we need to get to the place that we always are going, looking at that narrow gate, having trust in God and making sure that we're doing God's will and not chasing after the wrong things as he said, you know, they were, they were following Jesus because of the bread, the food you know, Jesus is, is the bread of life he is, uh, is our true sustenance Everything that we need is in Him You see, so don't be misdirected By other, um, how can I say Other material things of life That you think are so important God knows you have need of a roof over your head God knows you need, have need of clothes on your back God knows that you, have, you need need of food Amen, but we don't look for those material Things, bread, we look for the Bread of life, which is Jesus Christ So in 2016, I'm submitting To you that we need to do some reshuffling Readjusting of our thinking, what is important what are our priorities in 2016 we all have dreams we all have desires, we all have goals you know, myself included, but I'm not going to say that my goals um, for retirement, the other things that that I'm looking at here are going to outweigh my focus on Jesus, because I know good and well from many, many years experience that the minute you get your eyes off of Jesus, then your plans go awry your plans go helter-skelter down the tubes, you see, you see, so I go from day to day, literally from day to day Hour by hour for that matter With my eyes focused on the Lord You see Because only his will do I wish to do And being focused And understanding what is important The physical things like bread and so forth as As Jesus was talking about here Are not the important things of life Go to Ephesians 1 Ephesians chapter 1 Ephesians 1 Talking about the will of God. Ephesians 1, and just started, verse number 5. Having predestinated us into the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to, a good, to the good pleasure of his will, underline his will, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, through which he has made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, in which he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, underline his will, the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be, on the line his own will That we should be to the praise of his glory Who first trusted in Christ In whom we also trusted After you heard the word of truth The gospel of your salvation In whom also, after you believed Underline after you believed After you believed You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise Who is the earnest of our inheritance Until the redemption of the purchased possession Unto the praise of, the, of, um, of his glory So in other words, all that is saying there in verse number 11 is after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay? After you gave yourself to the Lord and you said that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and you believed, that's when you were sealed and touched by, by Holy Spirit. Where it says there that you've obtained an inheritance in verse 11, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. God has a will for your life. You know, and how many have really realized that if God has a will for you, and I guess one of the hardest things for us human beings to wrap our minds around is the is the simple concept that if God has a plan for our life, and that if we if God's will for us is going to be done and is done in our lives, our lives will be infinitely better off than if we did our wills in our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? okay? All right. God is the ultimate planner, as you heard me say a million times. God has a plan for your life. God is certainly going to bring you into a place that's going to be beneficial for you. God's not going to bring you to a place that is not going to be beneficial to you. Amen? So if you're willing to submit to God's will and just say, Lord, your will be done in my life, you're going to be off in a much better place. You've been adopted into the family of God. You know? you know? And if we as parents can be really good to our children in terms of giving things and caring for them, how much more will God be for us? I mean, He's God. You see? So we have to be willing and understand how we can submit to His will. Verse number 9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself having made unto us the, known unto us the mystery of his will now now what is a mystery i mean a mystery is merely something that is not yet revealed or has not been uncovered you see you know and the way god's will is uncovered to us you say god's will is in the bible pastor i can read the bible and read what god's will is yes But the only way that you can really understand God's will is through the uncovering of the Holy Spirit. Understand what I'm saying to you? Okay, in other words, without Holy Spirit uncovering or removing the shackles from your eyes and from your mind and from your spirit to understand the word of God to the point where it's no longer a mystery. This is why when I've heard so many of you say privately and openly that I can read this Bible so many times and all of a sudden I'm reading something and something totally new pops up, okay? This is because of revelation, okay? Information can be given to you by a computer, by reading a book, or someone explaining something, okay? Understanding the word of God is not given by information. Increased information is given to you by revelation. So something that was a mystery of God, one of God's mysteries, the way that mystery becomes revealed or uncovered is by the Holy Spirit. That's why when you read the Bible and all of a sudden you read a new passage, something jumps up at you and it means something different. You finally see what God is saying because Holy Spirit has revealed to you something new. You see, you see? And that's where it's talking about having made known unto us the mystery of His will. The more and more you want to know God's will for your life, Holy Spirit can reveal it to you. And that mystery will be revealed by uncovering of Holy Spirit as you walk deeper and deeper with God. Okay? But God it will only give you, will only reveal to you um, the level of mystery or degree of that mystery commensurate with your um, faith in Him with your ability to really be seeking God and and your ability to really be open to Holy Spirit. Now, you cannot be open to Holy Spirit and willing to hear what Holy Spirit is saying to you if you already have your mind made up that this is not going to work. Alright? If you've already got your mind made up that this is not going to work which is, in other words, lack of faith then it's very, 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 very difficult for Holy Spirit to be revealing things to you because what Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you will... Will transcend I almost want to say, will transcend the physics of life, so to speak, because Holy Spirit will reveal to you the deeper things of God which are a mystery, which don 't always line up with the known physics of, of man 's knowledge. You follow what I'm i 'm saying well, what you may reason in your head this won 't work, this is not impossible. The lawyer said this, the doctor said this, the bank said i don 't have enough money to qualify the this, that this and that this, and that Okay, those are the confines of knowledge and information that man puts us into. When you start really getting committed to doing the will of God the Father and simply, and simply saying, God, your will be done, and you're really, really committing yourself and you're having faith in God. And, 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 and you're willing to say, Jesus is first, the only thing in my life that's important is the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit starts ministering to you, that's when having made known unto us the mystery of his will, okay, that's when that starts to operate in our lives, alright? Because now Holy Spirit is operating in your life, God is seeing the level of faith in you has increased, and now God kind of says, he rubs his hands together and rolls up his sleeves and said, now I can start revealing the things that I want him to know Now I can start revealing the things that I want her to know, because now he or she is walking in my will, they are totally committed to following me, and now I can start revealing my mysteries, right. When you start understanding that, and God starts really, really opening your eyes, then it becomes easier and easier and easier for you to have faith, to have faith, you know? My son and I were talking just the other day, and I think it was last week, we talked about the book of Isaiah, Prophesying Jesus, written some seven hundred years ago before those things actually happened. Remember, we were talking about that, and and, and how and, and and how it was it was pretty clearly, even down to naming Jesus. You shall call him Wonderful. You shall call him Prince of Peace, and all of that stuff. Seven hundred years before it actually happened, the the reality that, gee, this was written by God, the Holy Spirit, seven hundred years before anybody could have realized that that revelation. Coming to someone, and really, really believing and understanding how awesome and how magnificent our God is, that 700 years ago, He chose a human being, a human being that walked in God, all right, all right, that, that God favored. Okay, Isaiah. Okay, that 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 loved him, where where God said, "I'm going to take this human being and I'm going to pour out, I'm going to uncover this secret, I'm going to uncover this mystery, I'm going to have this human being to write down, to write down on a papyrus, to write down what's going to happen seven hundred years into the future." Why? Because I trust him. Why? Because I know that Isaiah loves me. Why? Because Isaiah walks after my ways, to take that individual and reveal it to him. Okay, for him to pen it. Seven hundred years later it comes to pass, but more even magnificently, right, 2,000 years later, here we sit in Genesis 1 reading that scripture, and then the light bulb goes off, oh my gosh, what a miraculous piece of scripture, God 700 years ago prophesied, and believing that, believing it, and saying, my gosh, what an awesome God, you see, the revelation of that was Holy Spirit uncovering a mystery, you see, And God looks at the heart of us, looks at our hearts for those of us who read these mysteries, hear it, believe it, and fathom it, and can put it into context of our regular lives and see how what a miraculous, awesome God that we have. That in itself is revelation. You see, that in itself is revelation, God revealing a mystery to you where you are no longer reading a book and saying, well, somebody wrote, you know, just like the history book, you know, said in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and all that, you know, like you're reading an ocean, a, a history book, you're reading a book where something miraculous happened and believing it. And seeing how God is working. That's a revelation. This is uncovering the mystery of God's will. You see? And when you get to that point in your life where the Bible is revealing things to you. And you're drinking water and you're finding it fascinating. And you're nourishing yourself on it. And you're looking at Jesus realizing that this is the true bread of life. At the moment that revelation goes off on your head, in your head. then it's not that important to you. You know, work the next day is not that important to you. You're sitting back and you're saying like, wow, this stuff is real. This is true. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a fantasy. This is revelation. This is God saying to you, you see, my son, I'm real. I am real. No man could have done what I did. This goes beyond any human ability. This is revelation knowledge. This is revelation insight. This is when God truly then starts revealing his will to you, you see, to you. And, and then once you start working like that, you will begin to understand that when things happen in your life that don't go exactly the way you anticipate them to go, okay? When things don't unfold the way you would like them to unfold, you will realize that that same God who gave him a prophecy 700 years later is so in charge of humanity of things that happen on this earth and in this universe, that God certainly is in charge of my life. God certainly is in charge. And this is much more important to me than dinner tonight or going to work tomorrow. This is more important. When God sees your heart, because God looks at our hearts, He looks at what's going on in here. Okay, And when I say going here, I'm mean, you know, referring to the Spirit. Because the condition of your Spirit drives the thought process that goes through your mind. And when that drives the thought process that goes to your mind, your mind is like that check valve, all right? You have the ability to either believe or not believe it. The mind is where the devil operates. This is his playground. This is where he really gets over on you, you know? So your spirit is wanting to believe one thing, and then it gets to your mind, and you start cogitating and thinking, and you start rationalizing, but it doesn't make sense. The textbooks say this. So and so says this. The lawyer says this. The, the doctor says this. The, the real estate agent says this. You start getting into man's knowledge. Then your mind then starts cogitating and thinking on and rationalizing. Next thing you know, you push back down in your spirit. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Because you're looking at that other bread. You're looking at that bread that you put in your mouth and that you eat. So looking at the bread of life, which says one thing. You see? So therefore, you cannot w- walk victoriously. Because now you're, w- you're walking outside of the will of God. You see? You see? See? Once you become God's child and you're born again, His will is what really should be dominating your life, what you should be understanding and following. You get outside of that, then it's like, you know, it's like things start going haywire, because now you're not looking at God's will, you're looking at your will, looking at the will of others. You know, well, the bank said I'm not going to be able to get that mortgage, so therefore, oh, well, I guess I'll give up. Looking at the will of the bank. Now, looking at the will of the Father. Where the will of the Father says, I will give you the house that you want, and, and there will be a whole lot of pluses, and there will be, be icing on the cake, and so on. That's the will of the Father. I don't look at the will of man. You see? You see. So, so, so where it says that, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he prefaced in himself, it's all according to God's pleasure. Right? But he's not going to reveal and uncover those things to you. You know, this is why, I'm going off a little bit here, but I feel led to do so. This is why it's so important that you learn to worship God. This is why it's so important that you learn to worship. Alright? Alright? Because worship, you know, the, the few minutes we spend here, that's the whole, the whole purpose here. You know, we are a, a church in the body of Christ. Forget the surroundings. Forget where we physically are. But then we're in the body of Christ. When we're worshiping God, this is the time where you should be really connecting and worshiping, worshiping God in your spirit. Again. Your level of revelation knowledge can be directly tied to or commensurate with your level of worshiping God. All right, If you truly, truly, truly can't worship God in your spirit, I mean, that is really, really deeply understanding that God, you know, 700 years, oh my God, you're awesome God, you're such a wonderful, you're magnificent, you're an awesome God. If you can't get to that point deep in your spirit, then it's very hard for you to hear from Holy Spirit. You see, you see, you see, because you, you, it's hard for you to, to, to know God unless you can really, truly, truly, truly worship Him and know that He's God. You know, and, and I don't have the English words to, to convey that to you. I don't know how to put that into English to you because that is a deep spiritual thing with only you. Where only you know deep down inside how much you love God, how much you trust, and how much you realize that His will has to be first and foremost in your life. You see? And then when you get to that point, because God looks at your heart, that's when He can roll up His sleeve and start revealing to you miraculous things. This is when He can start giving you the gifts of the Spirit. Amen This is where he can start pouring out the gifts of the spirit on you You know this is where, this is where your discernment then starts, starts Starts blossoming out This is where discernment your, um, 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 your knowledge and awareness of spiritual things Become so so powerful in your life That you will surprise yourself at what you may wind up knowing Because Holy Spirit is showing you deeper things Amen Amen So, so, so knowing that, that everything is done according to God's will Now when you go to Thessalonians here go to 1 Thessalonians go to 1 Thessalonians and winding down here 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and we want to go to I'm sorry 1 yeah 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 right verse number 15 Verse 15 See that none render evil for evil unto any man But ever follow that which is good Both among yourselves and to all men Rejoice evermore Do you have joy in your heart? Do you have joy in your spirit? Do you have joy during the course of your day? Pray without ceasing Please underline that Pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit. Okay. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. All okay. right. So I mainly want to want to want to focus on verse number seventeen. Pray without ceasing. How many realize that it's just not enough for us to pray in the morning and pray in the evening? You know, many times I'm going to pray before I go to work. Or I pray before I go to bed. Praying without ceasing means praying all the time, you know, and and I mean, and that doesn't mean that you just walk through the hallways and walk in the wind It's always and you're constantly praying, Heavenly Father, you know, you know, sir, can I help you? Excuse me, don't bother me. How Heavenly Father, you're just walking around and constantly where you don't communicate, okay? But praying without ceasing meaning that that you don't have have one specified set time for prayer only. You know, and if, you, if, you, if, you're, you know, if you're able to pray in tongues, I mean, that's even better still. Because you can literally, literally pray while you're, I mean, you can pray in English while you're doing the dishes. You can pray in English when you're taking a shower, whatever. But this means just praying throughout the day, praying throughout the day, you know. And I know I find that when I start feeling out of sorts or start feeling like something is going wrong or I just feel kind of jittery or just anxious about something, it's because I've been out of prayer you know, you know, and I need to go and connect you see, and this is a whole different sermon but it talks about Jesus saying that I am the vine, and you're the branches, you know if you break or break away from that vine if you're going through the course of the day and you're feeling kind of out of sorts and things aren't going right and you just feel kind of anxious about something, maybe it's because of the fact you've disconnected from the vine and you need to go back and get in prayer and reconnect with that vine amen, amen, so pray without ceasing to everything, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God, so what what does that mean? That means that even when things are not going right in your life, you still, you praise God and you give thanks. Amen. If you notice, when we open service here, the first thing that we do during the opening prayer is we're giving thanks to God. Because we have to give God thanks for everything. Amen. Amen. Giving God thanks. This is the will of God. Then it says in, in 1, um, 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse number 13. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors or as to them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. All right. So what's being, saying, saying, what's being said there, verse, verse number 13, submit yourselves to every ordinance. That means it's God's will for us to follow the law. Amen. We're not supposed to be breaking the law. Amen. 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 You, 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 you're coming up on a red light. You don't go saying, oh, I'm a child of God so I can go through the red light okay and that, that's where verse number 16 is saying as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness okay so just because we're Christians that doesn't mean that we put ourselves above the law It'd be pretty stupid to run through a red light anyway amen and the same thing is relative to speed limits you know if the speed limit on the highway says so and so and so and I know that's hard for some of us to do amen but if the speed limit is so and so like that we shouldn't be breaking the law amen because it is God's state We with we're, 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 we're the ordinance verse number 14 or unto governors as unto to them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well for so is the will of God you know and we're supposed to follow what the government says tells us to do now the only exception of course if you look at the, um, in the book of Daniel where it talks about um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when they were ordered to bow down and worship the uh, statue that they said they weren't going to do that because that was counter to what God tells us to do alright the government starts telling us to do something counter to the word of God we don't follow man's law we follow what God tells us to do. Amen. And we just look to the Lord to deliver us. The same way God delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the, uh, from the furnace. Amen. Amen. So, but it says here that this is God's will. A couple more verses here. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. It's so important that we re these things as we go into the new year. We do not want to uh, take the old things uh, from last year into the new year Colossians 1, chapter 1 Chapter 1 And we just want to do verse 13 Colossians 1 Uh, Let's start with 9 Colossians 1, verse 9 For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and do not desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Okay? And and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Please underline, you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See where it says there, wisdom and spiritual understanding? Amen? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Please underline, being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Underline, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering and with joyfulness giving thanks unto the father who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins amen and we'll uh, and we'll pause there but you see where it says there um in verse number nine, uh, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. You see the prayer is that you be filled with the knowledge of god 's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding is so much to know what god 's will is relative to our wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, and the Bible talks so much about spiritual understanding if it wasn 't important that we have spiritual understanding, the bible wouldn 't repeatedly talk about it so much in both old and new testaments, so that tells us that there is something in this life that we live. That that is far more important than the physical realm, you know. And this is what people, you know, the atheists and non-believers, unbelievers have such a hard time wrestling with. Because they can give you a hundred different things that's more important than spiritual, than spiritual understanding. Uh, John 2, 15, 17. Got just uh, a couple of more scripts here and then we're, we're done. John 2, 1 John, sorry, 1 John, little John, 1 John 2. Praise the living God. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. 1 John 2 verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father but is of the world, and the world passes away, and the lust of it. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Please in line, he that does the will of God abides forever. Okay? In other words, love not the world, neither the things of it. The things of life, as I said before, that we hold so important, are not that which is important. The things that are important is eternal life. The things that are important are the things that are of God. As it says in verse number 17, the world passes away and the lust of it, but he that does the will of God abides, abides forever. And I think you've heard me tell the story of somebody, I forget who it was, who it was who, some filthy rich person that um, had this Cadillac that he or some expensive car that he held so important in life. It was just so important that when, when, um, when he died, His direction was to sit him behind the wheel in the Cadillac and bury him in the Cadillac or luxury car, whatever the car was, you know, you see. And I guarantee you one thing that wherever he went, wherever he went, he did not wake up in that Cadillac. I guarantee you that that Cadillac was not with him, you see. But so many times we hold those material things to be so important. The only thing that is important is that we are doing the will of God, God's will. And so we cannot be conformed to this age. Having a nice house, I like a nice house, nothing is wrong with that. Having a nice car, there's nothing wrong with that. Having two cars, nothing is wrong with that. Having three cars, nothing is wrong with that, if that's what God wants you to have. All I'm just saying to you is that, you know, we're not to think God's not willing for us to just be paupers and have nothing in life. It's for us to, to not get our priority twisted around in terms of what is important to us. Okay, having a nice house, having a nice nice car, how we should be looking at that or looking for that is understanding that God. God's will, my doing God's will is so important. If I'm doing God's will, then God will bless me with the house that I need. God will bless me with the job that I need. God will bless me with the money that I need. God will bless me. God will bless me. God will bless me. Amen. So we seek him and seek to do his will first. Then the very, very last scriptures here is back to Ephesians. Praise the living God. Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, um, verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Okay? But that you understand what the will of the Lord, Lord is. So in other words, need to be very careful how we live. Not as unwise, but as wise folks. Making sure that, that every opportunity, making the most of every opportunity because the days that are ahead of us are indeed evil or, or indeed challenging. Therefore, do not be foolish about understanding what the Lord's will is. Amen. So going forth again into the new year, let's focus on what is really important and to make sure that we're doing God's will. God's will is, is a few things that we read. More importantly, to, to kind of summarize, is keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, obviously, and to make sure that we're um, following every single priest As laid out by scripture Amen If we can do all of that God will indeed bless you And prosper you And all that you need Will indeed be taken care of Praise God Chew on these words And I pray that this message Has been a blessing to you And now before we close Let us honor God With our tithes and offerings